You are listening to Believe, Strive, Achieve, Endurance Podcast with Diogo Custodio. If this is your first time listening, then thanks so much for coming. Get ready and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Believe, Strive, Achieve, Endurance Podcast. My name is Diogo. Today, we have Paul Hayward, one of our coach athletes. Paul, how are you? Hi, good afternoon. Yeah, no, I'm well, thank you. I'm well. I'm okay. How, how is uh, the the wet UK right now? Uh, well, actually, it, I mean, despite me moaning about it earlier, it's uh, it's dried off a little bit the second, but this morning was just beautiful, misty and rain, and about I think it's probably about 12, 13 degrees. So, yeah, pretty miserable. But um, it's not torrential like a day or two ago, which was literally like thunderstorms lashing down with rain. Horrendous. So, yeah, I think the sun's gone. Safe to say for a couple of weeks it's just at least. Getting back to normal life then. Yeah, back to yeah, exactly. It's back to inside on the bike, isn't it? And uh dodging the runs and hoping my coach doesn't tell me off. So yeah. <laughs> back, back to normal really. Anyway, Paul, so my first question is the same question I would make to everyone um that we have on the podcast is how the triathlon showed up in your life. Uh so I always uh we I live in Oxfordshire, so we've got this triathlon club Blenheim. Uh, Blenheim Triathlon, which is uh, a country estate. I'm probably going to get told off sort of time. It's not. It's something else. But I think it's country estate. And they do a triathlon each year. Uh, and I just kind of entered it. And I used to do it on my mountain bike. And I used to breaststroke uh, across the, the lake. And I just generally just enjoyed it. It was just something different from uh, running or a bit of mountain biking. And then and I think in 2014, I went to see Ironman Wales on the recommendation of uh, one of my friends, Paul Shanley. And that probably kicked off triathlon seriously for me in the sense that uh, I just walked into this town and there were thousands of people screaming, cheering and and going out to see everyone swimming. There was just such huge noise. Uh, Paul Kay and uh, Joanne Murphy on the speakers. And it was just it just engulfed you. It was just it was mesmerizing. It was amazing. And then as the day kind of progressed um, and the athletes, the good ones came home and then everyone else was trying to make the line. I saw these people uh 15 hours plus 16 hours plus all looking absolutely broken still pushing still going for it and I just thought to myself I'd like a shot I'd like to try that I'd like to see if I can make it round in 17 hours and that's kind of when it started for me really and um, when was this uh that was 2014 so I signed up for Ironman Wales in 2015 and uh, as always with me uh because I'm not very good at doing the research at work and looking at things in detail at work when it comes to myself I kind of just push it to the side and uh, just 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 go with it and I hadn't realized when I signed up for Wales in 2015 that it's one of the hardest triathlons there is on the Ironman calendar I literally had no idea at that point so, so when you sign up for the um, for the race you had no idea in what you were getting to no I had no idea about the bike course about how severe the bike course is and how horrendous it's either up or down uh, I had I'd seen bits of the run course but I had no idea that literally the run course is up or down and then with the sea of course um, I didn't really think about it at the time I, I couldn't front crawl so I thought I had to learn to swim uh, to start with uh, but I didn't it didn't kind of enter into play until I started reading about it after I signed up and watching some videos and and then I thought oh my word I might actually uh, have to go through the sea with horrendous weather. So you signed up for an Ironman without any experience in triathlon at all? Uh, no, apart from doing um, uh, Blenheim, a triathlon, a sprint. Uh, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't class that really as 
uh, triathlon experience because I literally just poodled around. Uh, but so no, I just signed up for Ironman straight away. And oh, that's crazy. That's so crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was looking back, it was a pretty pretty crazy thing to do. And um, how was your preparation for the race? So one of my friends who uh, is a lawyer as well, she uh, does triathlon uh, for a club in Birmingham for Brat. She said to me that uh, you should look at like Don Fink. Uh, that might give you an idea of what to do. And that's probably before I met Phil and, and Sorrel and TTH, before they kind of came into my life. Um, so I there's a private school near us as well, ironically, where Phil does his um, swim sets on Tuesday and Thursday mornings. But the head coach at Abingdon Boys School uh, taught me to swim because he was a friend of uh, one of my friends. And I, I just rung him and said, look, I can't swim. Can you? teach me to swim and essentially I turned up on the first day I remember I turned up in uh, Ted Baker shorts and he watched me swim and he said you, you're not I'm not going to be able to teach you to swim and make the line not uh, this just going to be too much work I should warn you now uh, which was kind of a kind of a blocked uh, kind of a big hurdle and uh, to start with and on top of that I did yeah I did the Don Fink plan I like did the zone running and uh, did the bike sets and the the running on top, which was that was okay. It was the swimming really that was the kind of the big pull because uh, I essentially all the way into 2015 I didn't think I was probably going to make the line, uh, as in make the swim. Uh, so you know, I mean, you're probably going to talk about that later, but yeah, I mean, the whole training for it all, I literally was not sure if I'd make the swim to make to do that to even have a go on the bike. Wow. And uh, did you do any kind of races to prepare yourself for the race itself or just... Yeah, so I did do a half as well. Uh, so I did the outlaw half, um, which was a nightmare because I made the swim on the outlaw half, which was really pleasing. But then on the bike, uh, which was, I'd like to think at the time, uh, was probably, I thought it was quite strong on the bike at the time, which uh, now I realise it probably wasn't given the amount of work I've done on the bike now. Uh, but at the time I was quite strong, I thought, and I, got, I think I got about five miles in. And it was typical British weather. It was absolutely freezing, absolutely raining down. And I got a puncture. And um, I couldn't get the tyre off. I couldn't change it. My hands were freezing. I was right by a lady in um, an ambulance. And she kept coming up to me and she said, you've got two minutes to change this tyre or else I'm taking you out the race because you are freezing. And I was shaking rapidly. I was really, really bad. And just as about she came up, this this man turned up on his bike and he'd been cycling around to watch everyone else and he just said look do you mind i'll change a tire for you because i can do it quite quickly and uh he changed my tire for me um and then i think i was right at the back literally right at the back even more so than i probably was and yeah i didn't see anyone on the bike for the whole of it and uh made it just about and then did, then ran quite well and yeah i think i made the cut off just before the finish so uh that was my preparation really for it Wow. Wales. That's a story for to tell later. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't smooth, any of it. It wasn't smooth um, at all. And it, I mean in a way it was a massive wake up for me because after that I regularly changed tires to check for punctures and uh I've really worked on that so I could do it quickly. Because what I didn't want to do is if I did make the swim in Wales, I didn't want to get out there and get a puncture thirty miles in or forty miles in and literally I'd be in a position I couldn't change the tire and I'd be out. So, and then we get to the race day, the big one. And um, how was it? Yeah, it's um, still now looking back at it, it's it. Some of it doesn't feel real. 
in the sense of I remember when I started because I was uh, with my wife, who was my girlfriend at that point. Uh, she said to me right before I went down to the swim in the morning. Uh, we were all uh, so the swim happens on North Beach, and if you can imagine, the beach is quite raised. Um, it's probably if you if you're into football, if it's something like Barcelona's stadium in New Camp, where you can it's layered up and you can look down on on the pitch. That's where the beach is and where the rock is and where the start is and they've got like stairways and everything up so it's a really good uh good viewing area to see it all and you can get a lot of people there to watch it and as i was there and we all got cooled down she uh she just started crying and she said um you you, i hope you make the swim you've got to make the swim it means so much to you and that kind of set me off crying and then and then I put the cap on, and I did. At that point, it was it wasn't. I forget what the word is, but it wasn't layered where you choose your kind of swim time. It was all the mass start. Mm-hmm. So I went right at the back, and I was with these guys, and I put my hat on, and and then all the music went, and the, like Paul K started talking, and I literally was thinking, "What am I doing? That like, I'm not going to make this. This is absolutely stupid. Why have I done this?" Um, and uh, yeah, it was it was crazy. And so I was at the back. I swam out. Um, the water was quite choppy, but it wasn't horrific by any sort of stretch of the imagination. And um, I made I went round twice because you have to do two loops and you have to run on the beach between. I think it's called Australian Loop or something along those lines. Exit, yeah. yeah it's Australian exit. Yeah, so you have to go on the beach. So I ran and did the did the two loops and i didn't at that point uh i didn't have a watch on um i didn't have any sort of garmin or polar watch to tell me kind of what my time was so i got to the bloke by the line like um with a timing mat and i said to him i said um have i made the swim how have i done uh or am i out is it dnf or and he said no you you've made the cutoff you've yeah you're you're fine just get going and I was like, oh my God, what do I to say? I literally then ran up, put my shoes off, ran up. And I was thinking, I've made the swim. I've, I've actually made the swim. I, I don't believe this. I've made the swim. I think my swim was uh, 145 in the end, um, which I guess going from someone that could, couldn't swim at all yeah, or, uh, to 145, it was, yeah, it was pretty mad. And, and, then I, and then I was on my bike and I thought, well, I'm on my bike. Let's do this. Let's let's go and let's see if I can make the bike cut off. And um, and that was a blur. And it was a blur because I cycled the route uh, probably two years after that. And I went through Freshwater West, which if you do the Ironman Wales route, or even if you're down in Pembrokeshire, you should definitely cycle around there. It's absolutely stunning. Mm-hmm. And I just looked and I saw this stunning view and this sea and this, this beach and and I thought. I didn't see any of this when I did Ironman Wales, but because clearly it was my memories were that caught up and trying to keep cycling and keep going. And, and there we go. And I remember hitting one of the aid stations on the cycle route. And I'd, I had at that point in my life, I had like a uh, bagels with cold bacon and, um, mayonnaise and cheese in and I was eating this half a bagel and this lady said to me she said to me shouldn't stop you got to keep going uh you got to keep going I said I said well I know I know I just thought I'd stop to have a sandwich for two seconds or or so and um so then I cycled and um I made the the, the, because it's a 70 mile loop and then it's a 42 mile loop uh, which covers some of the same ground and um there's 
there's two hills. There's Wiseman's Bridge and there's Heartbreak Hill, which is out through Saundersfoot. And Wiseman's Bridge is quite sharp, whereas Saundersfoot is just long. And I mean, I've never been to Tour de France, but I was hoping to go this year, ironically. Uh, but it was it's like something out of that with hundreds of people screaming, cheering, and you cycle through the middle. It's 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 yeah, it's amazing. And I made the bike, and without because. Without me going over the chip there, I think you have to make bike by half six. And I made it at, 50, at quarter past six. And I, I literally got into transition. I thought to myself, I've made the bike. I've got to run now. I've actually got to go out and run. And I thought, I don't. And I put my watch on. I thought, well, what pace am I going to run? And I didn't have a plan to run because I never thought I'd make the run. So I was just like, what am I going to do? Um, well, I'm just going to have to run and just see how it goes and and so yeah i ran and um i ran uh, so it's laps i think it's six mile laps or seven mile laps of of tembi and i ran the first two and a bit and then i struggled a bit and i started walking and at that point i saw my wife or my girlfriend at that point and she said to me uh just keep going you've got one more lap you're gonna do this you're gonna make the line and i guess at that point i'm mean, even now i'm welling up a bit but uh, at that point it was just mad because I thought I'm going to make this. Yes, I'm going to do it. it. Um, I remember running the last lap and it was in the, because I don't know when the dark, it changes from light to dark, kind of what hours or what period. But um, I remember coming down, it was so, and I, you turn left to the Esplanade, which is where the finish line is. And it's, it was dark and I turned left um, to run round and pass the hotels and the street. And you're met by basically this wall of sound with this music um, and all these lights and you just can't see. Uh, and it was, it was just unbelievable. Yeah, it was, uh, I ran my wife, bless her, was videoing me and, and shouting, Paul Hayward, Paul, Paul. And uh, I ran straight past her, which she has never let me forget ever to this day. Um, and I've even seen the video where she's really unimpressed that I've run straight past her, but, uh, you just can't hear anything at that point. It's so loud and, uh, it was just crazy. And, and then Paul K just said, yeah, Paul, Paul Hayward, you are an Ironman. And, and it was just unbelievable. And I mean, I finished in 15 hours and 15 minutes and, and I kind of crossed and it just didn't seem real. It just, it just did not seem real that I'd done it. Um, that I'd done all this stuff and and I'd trained and I'd I'd made it all. It was yeah. It was just uh, even now. It's I mean I've got on my wall. I've got uh, the frame of the bands and the number and my swim hat. And I even sometimes look at it when I walk in the house and think that was me. <laughs> but I don't. It doesn't feel like even now. It doesn't feel like at times it was me. It was. Um, it was a real. It was really shocking. Um, and I, I think uh, one of my friends did, uh, one of my good friends did, uh, Iron Man Wales about two years ago, and he said to me, he finished it, um, and he said to me, it just doesn't, hasn't set in. And I, I think that's probably the case because I just, I just, I didn't think I'd make the swim, basically, is what I thought. And I made the swim, and then I made the bike, and, and then I made the run, and yeah. And then it was Iron Man. And then I was an Ironman, yeah. It was, yeah, absolutely bizarre. Um, yeah, and then it was really disappointing at the end in the sense that um, 
I thought I'd be starved, crossed the line, got my medal, got everything, hugged my hugged my wife, and we went back to the flat where we were. And I had this grand vision of having a shower, uh, getting a drink, and going to go and cheer everyone in the power hour. Um, but like my transition bags, one of them got taken, and it, like, I had to go back and try and sort that out. And and I had a bagel with some jam on, and yeah, it was it was all a bit of a a blur still. Um, but uh, what was good is that. The next day, I could wear the hoodie that I'd bought myself because uh, I'd finished. I thought if I haven't finished, um, I'd have to take it back to the shop or ask Harriet, my wife, to take it back. So I'd probably be in too much tears. But um, but yeah, and that was it. I was I'd done Ironman, and yeah. I think that the, um, that feeling when you finish a race, like an Ironman or a big event like this, is is unique. Um, yeah. I still remember the first time I did uh, a full distance race was in Challenge Roth. And as you may imagine, it's an amazing race. Um, I remember crossing the line and thinking to myself, wow, I did this. And um, I remember that I started to cry and the volunteer asked me, are you okay? And I said, yeah, I'm just so happy. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah. Just, just so unique, you know, it's just. Yeah, so- it's, you can't. Put, I mean, I can't describe it really. Um, to have done it and how it made me feel. And especially, I mean, at that point in my life, I was commuting to Bristol from uh, Oxford. So I had like an hour or two hour journey each way. And I was swimming at eight o'clock or nine o'clock at the night. And I'd have swimming lessons at like 6 a.m. And now thinking of like my life now, I I don't know how I did it, like the training. I I I don't know how I did it. It was bizarre. I think that that's the best thing about um, a full distance race is is not the race itself, it's the journey that takes you to the race where you learn the most. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so yeah, that was your first Ironman race, but that was not your last one. No, so um, it's been it's been. I mean, I don't know. It's typical of my luck, but since then, um, I've done two more. I've done Austria and I've done Ireland, and. Uh, I've probably never had a clean shot at an Ironman again in the sense that um, for Austria, I got injured about three, four months out, so I couldn't run. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had to do like a, a walk-run strategy, um, which was absolutely fine, um, which I did the Ironman in, oh gosh, I should have checked these kind of figures, shouldn't I? Um, I think it's about 13 and a half hours or something around that thing. So I took a massive chunk and that was when I worked with uh, TTH coach Sorrel. Mm-hmm. Um, so she took a massive chunk out of my uh, Austria time on the bike, um, the swim as well. Um, certainly she put in place a load of things. She made me join a tri club uh, to start swimming with other people. She started doing structured swim sessions um, because my swimming for Ironman Wales, when I used to have a swimming lesson, and then when I swam on my own, I would literally – I remember being the, the pool I trained in was 20 meters and I would swim five lengths and I'd stop and then I'd swim another five lengths. And I used to remember that how incredible I felt when I swam 10 lengths unbroken. And uh, I got into that pool probably before coronavirus hit, probably the beginning of the year. And uh, I bashed out um, like two, two, one thousands meters in the pool. And I remember doing at that point in that pool thinking, I used to come here and not be able to do 10 lengths unbroken. This is mad. Um, this is crazy how 
how things have changed. So, but for Austria, sorry, back to question. Um, Austria, I did 13 hours and a half, um, but I didn't get a clean shot at it with the run, which was um, quite sad. Mm-hmm. And then I did Ireland last year, uh, which I'd probably say I'd out of every out of all of the races I'd done uh, working with Coach Will, um, I was probably mentally and physically in the, in the best sort of shape I'd been in a long time because uh, uh, due to his program and training and due to the way he does things, mm-hmm. I was very much uh, in a good place. And I didn't, I didn't have doubts about the swim. I didn't have doubts about it. I, I was looking forward to the bike uh, because I'd, my bike was good. My fig, I was feeling strong. I was looking forward to the run. And then um, and it was meant to be sunny. And then, yeah, it was the swim was cancelled and it was horrific bl- biblical weather that uh, people compared to to yorkshire uh, at times but i mean i live down south in england so we, we don't see a lot of weather like that and it was it was horrendous i mean certainly for the uh, for the bike course for ironman island uh, it was meant to be through stunning scenery of county cork and all i can tell you about that bike course is that i went through a town with an iceland because the because i couldn't see out my sunglasses because of the rain but the iceland sign was so bright that it had an, that i realized it was iceland that's the only thing i would tell you about the bike really it's it was ridiculous um and I, in the transition then i got in and i mean bearing in mind people were doing ironman island in anything from their their partner's puffer jackets uh to just a tri suit and these i mean people would be frozen i mean i since wales uh, always packed loads of kit just because you never knew what you were going to face so i had a jacket and i had stuff if i needed it uh to wear so i was quite lucky in that regard um but I got into the transition tent. I was shivering. I was frozen. I was absolutely in pieces. And I remember seeing this man and his leg, he must have been 50 or 60 and his leg was bleeding. Uh, and I said, oh, are you are you finishing? And he said, no, 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 I'm going to go out. I've made the bike and that's horrific. Let's, uh, let's go out. And I thought, well, if he's going out, I've got to definitely go out. So I've got no excuse. Um, and just, yeah, the, the run was equally as bad with the rain and the wind. Um, it was equally as hard, but, but it was, I think that's probably the hardest thing I've ever done was Ironman Island is going through being just for 12 hours and a bit, just being torrentially rained upon for so long and being so cold and miserable, but just going through it. And I when I get asked about, it, I say, I say, I, I wouldn't have been able to do that had it not been for the, my, my kind of, uh, respect or my kind of confidence from the training world we done with me because I knew that I, I knew that I could do well on the bike and I knew that I could do well on the runs. So uh, it kind of, although I didn't do as well as I wanted to because it wasn't the right conditions, um, it did give me the strength to to push. Yeah, it just seems that you have a special taste for um, hard races. It's just... <laughs> it just doesn't go easy for me. It just doesn't... Uh, I just haven't had, like, when when I discussed it with Will, I've just, I've just not had a, a simple race where... It's just everything's been fine. Probably not since 2015, mm-hmm. uh, where the weather was okay. Um, and to be fair, I mean, it was. It, I wouldn't have it the other way. It was because that was my first one, and had the weather been horrific, I would have probably not made it. So, um, so yeah. It's, uh, so and then yeah, and then I was meant to be going back to Wales in what all of two weeks' time, three weeks' time this year. Yeah, but not happening this year. Uh, no, it's cancelled, yeah. And speaking about Wales again, um, in 2015, your girlfriend, now it's your wife, she was supporting you, but I heard that she raced 
Wales, if I'm not wrong. So she, no, she, so she was meant to do Wales this year. So my girlfriend, uh, for our wedding, I bought her an Ironman Marbella place. And um, so she did, again, uh, didn't research Ironman Marbella, didn't look at it, just <laughs> just thought, it's Marbella, it's sunny, um, this is going to be brilliant. Uh, so Ironman Marbella, the bike course, is basically the same elevation as Wales, but in half the distance. And it's just... It was just up and down. It was horrific. Um, it was absolutely horrific. So um, my wife made the swim, um, and then I saw on the bike. Uh, and bear in mind, she was didn't have cleats. Um, she has a seven hundred pound road bike. Uh, so in her trainers, she was cycling, and she made the bike. And I remember seeing her on the run, and I just stopped and clapped and said, "Like, this is amazing. You are absolutely amazing for making the bike." And and as you know, when you go to like um, when you go to Ironman in, or a half, and you overtake people on the bike, or you see people, there's people. There are some people out there with the most expensive bikes in the world, with with zip wheels or with Mav, Mavic wheels that are unbelievable, and yet you seem to just fly past them. And yeah. and I always think to myself, well, how is that happening? Um, but it's because I guess because they invest the money in kit rather than in in training or in coaching to help themselves. So um, she made the run and I clapped her and I finished. And then, and then um, she, so then we were waiting for her to come in and, and Paul Kay said, there's two people left uh, to come in. They're only going to make it. And uh, she didn't turn up and they called the time and that was it. And uh, I, uh, my, her brother was with me um, who is an absolute star of a bloke he, him and me covered the course to try and find her and i went into the athlete tent and if you can imagine it's it's full of people serving food it's massive it, no one was in there it was a graveyard and she was in the middle of it and i had no words to say to her because i didn't know what to say to her because she hadn't made the line mm-hmm. and i just cried with her literally just cried with her and i just said to her, you've done so well to make that she made it to the 5k turn point so had she had 25 minutes more she'd have made it um and i just said you you you, you unbelievable that you've made this and due to the kind of strength of person she is she then signed up to weymouth and um weymouth was a whole i mean maybe it's just because she inherited my name and has my luck um (laughs) so weymouth was uh, Weymouth again was horrific weather and the sea I mean the, the the sea you should have seen the waves the waves were massive I wouldn't have got in the sea it was it was ridiculous but she made the swim she went out on the bike and my wife does not like being cold and it was pouring with rain and wind uh, so she made the bike and um I was what tracking her and she had seven minutes up and then um we were all I was with her family and we were near one of the turn points and she walked up uh up to us and I said what are you doing uh how come you're walking uh are you okay and she just said I've had my number taken off me um I've been told I'm not going to make it and I said that's ridiculous Harriet because you've got seven minutes on the app you've got seven minutes you're going to make it with seven minutes to go um and she said she said uh, I've had my number taken. Just like, don't do not give up. Just push to the end, mm-hmm. and you're going to make this. And she started running again after much arguing with me and telling me off. And then uh, I ran with her for a bit and and just told her to push. And um, and then we we're at the finish line, and they said that 
one this Joanne Murphy was there and said, Oh, we've got one bloke left who's gonna finish. We don't know his name, it's one bloke. And I was just like, Come on, Harriet, just push, just push. And then it was really weird. It was like a moment. I wasn't drinking at this point, anything. I hadn't had any alcohol. But Joanne said, Right, this girl, we can't identify. And I said, What do you mean? How can how can this person change sex? Is it a girl? Is it a man? Well, what's going on? And then I said, Did I hear that right? And and then Joanne said, This girl's come this girl, we don't know who she is, it's one girl left. And just then I just thought, Oh my god, is this is this gonna happen? And I said to her best friend at the time, I said, If Harriet doesn't make this line, I don't know if my heart can take this again. I don't know if I'm strong enough to Mm-hmm. to let to watch her fail twice um because of how much work she's in how much she's put in and the kind of person she is uh but we saw her and literally i've never screamed so hard in my life and she ran and then it felt like ages just waiting for the clock for the weather time is to clock to say your name mm-hmm. and it said harriet hayward and she came in with 12 seconds to spare wow Honestly, it was I don't think I've ever cried so hard in my life. I screamed, I shouted, I swore, I jumped around and around. There's a video of it, and I literally, I am just jumping around and around like mad because emotionally it was just, it was amazing. Absolutely amazing moment. And, um, yeah, from there, I guess she then had the confidence to then sign up, and she said she wants to do Wales. And, yeah, she was meant to race Wales this year, and... Uh, sadly she can't because of coronavirus and so she's got another year of training to go now um, to do it Uh, but she's I mean yeah she's come on incredibly she's she's stronger on the bike she's a stronger swimmer till uh, she hasn't swum for a while now admittedly but uh, before then she was she was smashing it out and she was doing really well and um, I mean she's just yeah she's just incredibly strong but At the Hayward House, we have a couple where both of you are triathletes then. Yeah, so we're both triathletes. Yeah, bizarrely, we're both triathletes, both doing Wales next year. So how do you guys usually manage your routine, your daily routine? Uh, as in, do we see each other or is, how do we train? Well, or... We train together um, because uh, you work full-time, I suppose. Yeah, so I work full-time. She works for the NHS, so she does shifts. Mm-hmm. Um, so she'll be off in the week, for example, for a couple of days and then uh, be working weekends. So uh, we don't do a lot of training together. Um, I fit training around work. Uh, either, I mean, luckily from when it's been work from home for the last couple of months, so I've, I've been able to train easier at lunch times or straight in the evenings, and then go back to work after. Um, but she, yeah, she trains. So we don't often train together. There have been times when um, we've gone out on the bikes together. Uh, she's had, for example, I've had like an hour easy ride uh, to do, um, and she's meant to go out for two hours. So. <laughs> I've just I've just gone out with her and uh, kept to her pace and kept back, or um, which is unfair because at times as well she's powered off and left me. Um, so yeah, so no, we don't train together a lot, um, and it's probably better that way because uh, she's got a stressful job. Uh, she deals a lot with people, and certainly I'd, it's probably her downtime and her time away from everything. So it's time to to cut loose. So. Um, she trains, yeah, we train on our own, sadly, I think. Don't do a lot together. It's funny to see you saying that, um, but you guys don't come together and you think that you think. Um, I totally agree with you. Um, I think that couples who train together, 
if they can manage the level of stress and um, the workouts between both of them, I think it's good. However, you still have to remember that you both are in a relationship where both of you need some some time for themselves. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's funny because a lot of people ask me if my girlfriend she's a triathlete, and I say, thank God, no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> my job is to be a triathlon coach. My hobby is triathlon, and if my partner is a triathlete, I'll just kill myself. Yeah, it would be too much. Yeah, yeah exactly. Normal conversation at the end of the day, and um, no, I can manage that situation. I think uh, is quite quite good. Um, yeah, I can. Yeah, I can relate to that. I've I've got friends that are married that are lawyers, and I would hate that. I'd absolutely hate it. I mean. Eh, I don't talk about a job to lot to my wife as it is. And uh, I don't talk about what I do. I don't talk about things that have gone well or things that have gone bad, really, because I just shut it off. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I, yeah, I can imagine if you had a tri- triathlete as a girlfriend as well, it would, yeah, there'd be no getting away from it, essentially. Yeah, with, is, some, like, some couples can manage this, um, but to be honest with you, I would never be able to do it. I would never. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. So both of you are going to race Wales next year. Yeah, so we're both on for it. We're both um, both going to do it. Uh, we're staying. So uh, one of um, a former TTH uh, coached athlete um, that I met out, we met out in um, Alcudia. Uh, I'm man, uh, I forget, it's not Marbella, it's the other. Mallorca. Uh, Mallorca, that's the one it began with them. Yeah, so we met him out there, uh, Simon. Uh, he's from Wales. Uh, he lives outside of Tembe in a place called Kilgetty. So, uh, we'll be staying with him, um, and yeah, the, we're, we're we're all three of us are doing Wales next year. And what's the perspective for the race next year? What's the, what's the perspective uh, for me or for Harriet or both of you? Um, for Harriet, I think she's going to do really well. Um, I keep I keep saying I I think she beat my time in September, like in 2015. I think she will. Um, she's probably uh, competitive enough to try and have a go as well. Um, but I think she, I mean, I've said to her, I don't, uh, it, for me, if she, if she came first in her age group and got a trophy or she came last in the power hour again with seconds to spare, it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't change it for me. I just, I just want her to finish. I just want her to do well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd be so proud regardless. It wouldn't, it, there's no kind of level for it. If, um, I'm proud of her even trying, uh, so I just, I mean, I think it's incredible she's trying. I think it's incredible she's stepping up and facing that and going through probably all the things that I went through in 2015 where I, I stood there and thought, what the hell am I doing? Um, I, I just think it's incredible that she's doing that. So um, I think she'll finish. I think she's she's trained so hard. She's done so well. Um, I think she will finish, and I think she'll finish well. Um, but I don't. you probably have to ask her what time of time she wants and she'll probably deny it and not tell you she, she certainly won't tell me um but i think i think i think she'll do at least i don't know i think she'll beat my time anyway safely uh comfortably i would expect um for me uh i don't know um uh will's very good in that sense because I would say to Will, look, this is what I want. I want to finish in the daylight. I want to, I want to do myself proud because, um, like, I don't think I can do Ironman forever. It takes such an, it takes such a lot of time, mm-hmm. and it takes such a lot of training out of your day um, and mentally, and uh, you give up so much as well uh, to do it. And I, I know I've 
taken a lot of our relationship by doing it. So uh, I want I want to be in a position where I'm not doing that. Uh, but by the same token, I mean I'm going to have to do a lot of park runs and cycling to try and keep my fitness up. But um, uh, for me, I mean I've said to Will, I want to finish in the daylight. I want to do well. Um, but he's probably as a good position, I think, as a coach. He's he's literally saying, let's do the training. Let's have that chat nearer the time. Let's have that chat once we've seen how your training is, how you're doing, what your what your kind of levels are, and then we can look at kind of what your target is, which I think is probably fair. Yeah. Rather than me say, this is what I want. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd love a trophy. I'd love if I came. I'd love to come third in my age group and get a trophy. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't even think that I'd come first, and uh, unless I had a very very good day and everybody else was ill or collapsed um but i would love a trophy but for me if if i come home in daylight i'd be over the moon if i mean anything can happen as well can't it so uh, if i come home in the power hour i come home in the power hour it, it is what it is um but i just yeah uh, i'd like to i'd like to take a decent chunk out of my time in 2015 mm-hmm. I'd, I'd be over the moon with around 13 hours i'd be absolutely over the moon would you say that, um, well, you started doing this in 2015 and then you got a coach. Would you say that having a coach was the best you could do for what you can do right now? So having a coach was the best I could? Get to, to help you out through the... Um, through oh, the- yeah. Yeah, yes. Um, I mean, having a coach is, is the best use to your money. Uh, certainly, I don't have, I mean... Uh, I've got a I've got a better road bike than I used to have, and I've got a triathlon bike with uh, some Mavic wheels on now. But um, I I don't have a hugely expensive bikes. I don't have huge expensive kit. I, I would say that the best the best thing you can spend your money on is a coach, mm-hmm. uh, is because that is someone that gives you the structure, someone that looks at you, gives you sessions, and gives you the confidence to push, and it makes you push. It checks up on you, talks to you about it, and and having all of that puts you in the best position you can be. I mean, if you compare Harriet to me, Harriet works shifts. Um, everything has to be tailored around kind of that will with me. Um, I have to, I move about my sessions and get in trouble sometimes for it. Um, but he's very good uh, accepting that. But he looks at stuff and <laughs> he listens to kind of, uh, so this coaching complements my life. But it's, yeah, it's, it, I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be in a good the position I feel I am now um, without without Wales coaching or TTH coaching certainly and there are all those people that are doing Ironman Wales uh, and any Ironman that would have been following like the Don Fink plans or just a downloadable plan uh, they they wouldn't have had uh, someone picking them and saying right you can't swim now we're gonna have to we're gonna have to do some dry strength training or some core training also we're gonna have to we can look at what more running we can do what we can do inside the house more you wouldn't have had all of that kind of thing to reassure you that actually before the races are cancelled if this race still goes ahead we're still going to get you in as a good position as you can be mm-hmm. to kind of be by the line and be ready uh so no i would i would certainly say that coaching's been the best probably the best part of the armory or kit to get me ready for a race that, that I've got. So if you could go back to 2014, what piece of advice would you give to yourself? Um, 
knowing <laughs> what you know right now? Uh, it's going to cost you a fortune. This, <laughs> this for um, no, I would I would probably if I could go back. If I, I mean, when I did when I did Iron Man in two thousand fourteen, it's, it's, it's ironic because you meet people through it, and that's how you know, you know more people. I didn't know anyone in two thousand fourteen that when I did Iron Man, I didn't. I, I didn't know anyone that had done an Ironman. Uh, I certainly didn't know anyone that had done Wales um, and stuff like that. So but if I could go back to me now, um, I'd probably say in 2014, look, there's this guy that lives in Oxfordshire called Phil, uh, runs his company at TTH. Go and talk to him. Uh, go and say, this is what you want to do. Um, it, it would cost you uh, uh, some money each month, but actually it would take all the stress out of it of worrying what sessions you've got to do, planning, uh, trying to fit it all around. It, it, it will have someone to talk through. And I probably wouldn't have had I had, I'd probably been in a different position mentally in 2015 uh, than I was if I'd have had a coach at that point because I'd have had someone that would have told me probably it isn't crazy that you've made the bike and, you don't know what to do. And actually, there would have been a plan for the run. It would have been nine-minute miles or 10-minute miles or 12-minute miles, whatever. But it would have there would have been all that thought process there. So I'd, I'd certainly, yeah, definitely go back and say... Um, get a coach. <laughs> get a coach, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd say, yeah. I mean... Well, uh, my next question for you, and this is a very personal one, is how are your selfies on the bike? Wow, they've since, since your masterclass in. Uh, I don't even. God, that even feels like a long time ago. I, it, it was bizarre, isn't it? Because at that point, I was uh, really struggling uh, with work, and I was really struggling with life, and I just needed a break. And I just Sorrel said to come out because she's out. She was out there, mm-hmm. and I just said, "Yeah, yeah, I'll do it." And and then yeah, since that kind of period where um, you do you, you gave us half an hour of your expert tuition on selfies i'd like to say i've got a bit better uh, uh what i like mostly about doing selfies on bikes is you find a nice country road and you take a picture and i always get people on cars turn up and they honestly they look at you like you're absolutely the most stupid person ever <laughs> <to pick up. laughs> um <clears throat> and i take loads and i look for them and i'm like yeah rubbish 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 and i think one out of about 400 is any good <laughs> uh, it's ridiculous um so yeah it doesn't i don't still not great at it to be honest um i get told off when i when i ride i rode with harriet and her younger brother um because the younger brothers uh kind of got into triathlon recently he's a really good footballer um and athletically he's brilliant uh he's he's getting his gcses this week so he's yeah he's 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 really fit and he started cycling it's ridiculous we got him uh we got him a road bike for christmas um and he's just really quick on it so we started um going out when i've gone out with harriet we've said to him do you want to come out and um we've just yeah we take some pictures there and all of them um but so yeah i've got some practice in taking pictures there and harriet often tells me off that i need to keep cycling and watch what i'm doing <laughs> and not just not be taking pictures because we don't we don't have the luxury i mean uh british roads are a lot more busy than yeah. the roads in portugal and the roads in Mallorca. and so even when i went to uh, I uh, went on holiday to Tenerife last year um, and I, I hired a bike from the gym because um, I took my cycling kicks. I was training and I hired a bike from a gym and I found this route that Chris Froome had done down to the lighthouse. And I thought, oh, yeah, I'll have a go at that, um, which, yeah, it was that was beyond horrific. 
uh, because it was essentially downside of a mountain looping and then back up and I remember, go- I remember going back up and all the people drove past, like hanging out the windows, cheering, clapping. And it was like 35 degrees. And yeah, it was, yeah, it was an amazing ride. And it was, oh, it was stunning. Uh, but yeah, it was horrific. It was hard work. It's beautiful. Hard work. I promise to you, if you come to Kashkar, or if you come to Algarve next year, I'll teach you how to take a very good selfie on the bike. Yeah, I would, I would definitely. I mean, I'd like, I'd like to... Um, come and have the couple of days because uh, where you are, cause that's where the is it with the half and the full is it the same place or um, I forget the Ironman Portugal because it's the half isn't it but they're now doing a full weren't they until it's cancelled but um, uh, so for the four or five days there yeah I'd I'd, <coughs> I'd like I said to Harriet that I'd like I'd like us to go out take our bikes out and and train for a couple of days out there like so I mean of course you've got the normal camp in the Algarve but I don't know something about coming to where you are and doing doing some of the Ironman course. It just yeah, I think it'd be really good. So we'd, we'd like to do it. I've discussed it and suggested it. You so, guys are more than welcome, as you may know. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, no, definitely. I'd like I'd like to. But you never know. We might even get Will out there. Will might say uh, he'll come out for a couple of weeks and that'll be great. Like to, that'll be great. <laughs> I'd like to see him fly out on a TT bike up and down up and down those hills. Honestly so um bless it i don't think there's enough pizza though to to keep him going out there is there so uh, i think we can have some yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good news. but um but yeah the selfies get the selfies is uh, again a little bit better yeah uh, bit oh, better. thank you so much for um for joining us joining us on the the podcast it was a pleasure to have you no thank you very much for having me it's been an absolute blast thank you give my best compliments to harriet okay yeah no i will do thank you yeah and well you should come across next year to watch uh to watch i may join you but not to race well not to race well you, once you've seen it though you'll want to do it so that's fine i know i know and i'll ask paul k to put a good word in for you yeah so. especially after your reports i don't i'm not very convinced to race wells trust me <laughs> <laughs> well if you came over no doubt it'd be beautiful the sun would follow you and yeah it'd be the hottest one ever and you would be laughing the sea uh, would be that would not very that would not be very um you know that not that's not going to happen in Wales. <laughs> <laughs> no, no British weather. No, but um, but no, thank you. Will do, and yes, I, th- I think um, uh, Wales are the half. Um, Hannah, uh, she's racing it uh, next year, I think, or he's certainly coming down for it. So um, yeah, be, be a bit weird with my own coach, like on the course. Hopefully, not shouting at me. <laughs> so. Anyways, thank you so much, Paul. Hope to see you. No, gotcha. All right, take care. Thanks. Okay, look after yourself. The Believe Strive Achieve podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment and show notes are found at trytrainingharder.com. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at trytrainingharder. Thanks for listening.